San Francisco, the city that knows how. Golden Gate City, Baghdad by the Bay, the Paris of the West, or simply San Fran. Whatever you wish to call it, it's the home of the electric television, a city that has endured earthquakes and fires. Did you know it has the second largest Chinatown outside of Asia? Tony Bennett left his heart there. It's the home of Alcatraz, Hayden Asbury, Jerry Garcia, Rube Goldberg, Ansel Adams, Tom Hanks, and Francis Ford Coppola, to name a few. Its jewels attract the young and the old alike, and the jewel that we're looking for is somewhere in the city by the bay. Welcome once again to another edition of The Secret Podcast. This month, we are going to discuss painting one and verse seven, the two most commonly associated with the city of San Francisco. We will also be taking some questions from the internet. My co-host George Ward unfortunately could not join us tonight. He will be back with us next episode. We do, however, have longtime treasure hunter Matt Sparks joining us to talk about the city by the bay. All right, welcome to the show, Matt, all the way from California. How are you? I'm great. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing all right. So we got a bunch of stuff to talk about regarding San Francisco, and there's some internet questions. We have a very interesting painting to discuss here and a very interesting verse to discuss. Why don't we jump right into it? Well, first of all, you've been working on this particular puzzle longer or more intensely, should we say, than the rest, because this is the one closest to you, right? Yes. Since I moved up to Northern California in like 1999. At that point, I knew it was San Francisco. I started working on that one. But I've been other places, and I've worked on other puzzles. Sure, you have a, a pretty good knowledge of all of the puzzles, but you, the one that you've been boots on the ground most for is the one closest to you, which was San Francisco. And Why don't we jump into one of the Internet questions, which is actually a good question before we get into the painting and the verse is... Someone wanted to know, what is the correct verse for image one? Oh, that's a, that's a great question. So why don't we get into that a little bit? How, there's no specific, I mean, there are some things that allude to the city of San Francisco, but there's no solid thing that, what do you think? I mean, is there some solid link between the two? Is there some undeniable thing or is it still kind of up in the air? The answer is absolutely it's up in the air. Now, that being said... I'm 99.999% sure it's verse 7. Originally, everybody thought verse 7 went with New Orleans. Actually, before I even, I think, moved up here to San Francisco, I suggested verse 7 would actually go with San Francisco. And everybody was like, you are so stupid for thinking that. It was people had spent a lot of time working on uh, First Seven, New Orleans, Jackson Square. There, and there were some fantastic, I mean, excellent solve solutions, solve is the wrong word, ideas, theories, that uh, you know pointed definitely to New Orleans. And so when I first started trying to make, it's not First Seven, we were thinking maybe the uh, Verse, with the Charleston verse at that point. 
I was trying to make that work and that led places in San Francisco that just turn into dead ends. Did anybody have any kind of solid method they were using to try and apply the verses? Were they looking for a specific line in the verse that tied it to the image or to the city specifically? Or was there any kind of method to the madness? The thing that everybody was tying the verse to New Orleans with was the part about ace is hot, near ace is hot. I'm not that familiar with New Orleans. There's a brewery called the Jack's Brewery. I think. Sure, yeah, where you could see it from the moonwalk, right? Okay, well, everybody was saying, well, Jack is near an ace. It's the ace in tie. You know, it's Jack. Yeah, it's ace. (laughs) So that was, at the time, the definitive translation for near ace and tie. When I first really started to say, well, I'll start looking at other people's verses, because my San Francisco verse just isn't working. I looked at that and went, Ace is high, that means Highway 1. I'm from California. That, there's, there's no question. Ace is high is Highway 1. And I threw that out on uh, Quest for Treasure, and nobody liked that idea. That People hated that idea. High Post 3 is obviously Sutro Tower. And everybody's like, what's a Sutro Tower? Because <laughs> there really wasn't, besides me, there wasn't anybody working on San Francisco back then. But there was no, I mean, there was no method. At some point, Fox figured out that there were numbers hidden in the paintings and those corresponded to longitude and latitude. So people were able to dissect the cities well before they could figure out how to match the verses. And there's no, there are a couple methods you can use to attach a verse to an image, but there's this question of uh, when does the verse come into play? Do you need it right away? Does the image take you so far and then you need the verse? How do they pair up? What, you know, how do they work together and all that? There is the precarious use of the word twain and it's capitalized. So it wouldn't mean two. I mean, so there is that tie, but twain's been to a lot of places, not just San Francisco. So, I mean, it's, it's hard to put a finger on how do you tie it together? Tying a image to a verse. There seems that there should be some logical key method that just makes it obvious. This verse belongs with that image. Nobody's been able to come up with any kind of methodology that looks across the board. There's some that you go, hey, this line is in that picture. So that must mean this verse goes with that picture, but then you look at other verse picture combinations and like can't see anything in this verse that belongs in that picture. Or maybe somebody stumbles onto the right park and they see a few things in there that are either line for line from the verse or match up in some uh, clever way. And then I guess that would sort of make a lock for it. But why don't we just start with the painting since the verse can elude us, I guess you could say. Yeah, you're right. The picture is where we started before we knew which verse it was. We knew even before the discovery, and that was an amazing discovery when, when he discovered the latitude and longitude in the pictures. Everybody was like, you're kidding. That's in there? It was amazing. But we knew this was San Francisco. Right. So you have San Francisco, and let's look at this. It's the first painting of the 12 paintings or images in the book. It's actually, it has a frame around it, sort of an archway frame, 
And we've seen that frame in some of the footage from Expedition Unknown in JJP's studio where he had a, a kind of a large framed out uh, image of this uh, particular uh, painting that we're speaking about. You think that was a showpiece, by the way? Let me just get off track for a second. We were discussing this in private, but uh, did you think that was some kind of a showpiece for showing off the book? Yeah. All right. So Byron was publisher. He's basically, before the book's even out, he's going to be going around to bookseller conventions. It'll be, you know, and his publishing company would have had a booth or, you know, a table at these shows, these bookseller shows. That's why all the publishers are in New York. That's where all the bookseller shows happen. And so he would have had something to demo or show off the upcoming books he's got coming. My guess is, and it's just a guess, my guess was image one was the first image done. It looked like in the EU show that it was the biggest of the pictures. It was in a nice frame. And I bet he took that to the shows to drum up uh, sales for his upcoming book. Well, that's something to ponder. It certainly makes sense. There is a lot of detail going on in this one. And if we start looking at the most obvious things, we have a woman standing in front of what looks like some kind of a mountain. At the top of the mountain, there's what looks kind of like a jail cell window in a sky with uh, 11 assorted moons over the top. Uh, the woman has a dress on with a large dragon in the middle of it. Her arms are crossed. Uh, there's a table next to her with a uh, what looks like a, an alarm clock and a rose standing on the table. So, and all over the dress, along kind of like a pattern or some indentations that frame out the dragon in the middle, and all along those indentations are different symbols, and there's a bunch of Roman numerals in there. In the middle, there is a, what is our gem, right? Right, pearl for San Francisco. Okay, so there's the pearl in the middle. To each side of the dragon, there's two letters. There's a G and an H, a capital G and a small H. And then there's a couple symbols to each side of those. And then coming down, you have uh, two Roman numerals, one on each side. One of them says 122 on the right side, and on the left side it says 123. And then if you actually look uh, directly above those Roman numerals in the hair, you'll see the numbers 38 and on the other side, the corresponding 37, which that's that's our longitude and latitude right there, isn't it? That's right. The 37 and the 38 and the 122 and the 123 draw a box in terms of latitude and longitude right around the top of the peninsula of San Francisco. Okay. Anything down to uh, the airport on the peninsula of San Francisco. So he's kind of boxing something out, and then you had noticed that the dragon on the dress had kind of a uh, unique shape that reminded you of something, right? Well, it was, it's not the dragon. It's the box. It's the box around the dragon. This actually is a little controversial because I can't find the original map that I found way back when. So this would have been before 99 because I was still in Southern California when I noticed this. I found a tourist map of Golden Gate Park 
And on the tourist map, it was similar to the tourist map. If you Google tourist map, Golden Gate Park, you'll, you'll find a tourist map. It was similar. It was more cartoony. Okay, so the exact shape, it wasn't like a satellite view map of Golden Gate Park. It was kind of a cartoony view. The image in the map, because I scanned the image in the map, I used the paint program, and I put it on top of the drawing. As a kid, I used to play in Golden Gate Park when I was in high school. We used to go over to Golden Gate Park, and at one point, I noticed that looks just like Golden Gate Park. And then I found the map, and I lined them up, and it didn't work. I had the map sort of set transparent, and I realized that the G was on top of the H, and the H was on top of the G, and they were backwards. So I can't remember whether I flipped the main image or I flipped the map. Suddenly, the outline of the dress and the image on the map were a perfect trace. It was exactly that shape. Okay. The important thing that got me was the G... There was a word after the G that said great, and there was a word after the H, and it said highway. The H was lowercase, and the font matched. Okay, so I know everybody says, hey, those look just like the Ghirardelli sign font, and they might be. The fonts on the map matched the fonts on the dress. Oh, so they lined up with the road, actually. I cannot find that map. I have been looking and looking and looking. It's been years since I've seen that map. It's out there somewhere. Some people choose to believe that it doesn't exist. People can be on the lookout for tourist maps of Golden Gate Park or San Francisco back from the, that era, the 80s or so. If you see something out there, take a look and see if it, uh, if it matches up. You might find the one that uh, we've all been looking for. So let's move on. There's some other symbols on here. If you go below the hands, there's something that looks like maybe a yin-yang symbol, and then there's some other uh, what look like upside-down Roman numerals, five and six, and another five and an X or a 10. They get kind of more strange and indistinguishable towards the bottom here. Uh, a couple of double circles, a couple of double triangles. Have you been able to make heads or tails of any of that stuff? You can find one here, one there. They they do show up on um, monuments, some around Golden Gate Park, some around San Francisco. There's a couple symbols that match up to a monument that's in Portsmouth Square, which was one of the leads for when I was thinking it was, what, I think it's in verse 6, that in uh, Charleston. Yeah, yep. They all blur together. So when I was thinking maybe verse six was a Robert Rulich Stevenson connection to San Francisco and Portsmouth Square, there were some symbols there, which actually led me to a lesson I learned. A single symbol or a single shape found isn't a real good clue. Right. You're, are you talking about the rose stem? Oh, the rose stem is a great example. <laughs> okay. The Spiral curve rose down there everywhere. You can find that that curve, curve, curve pattern exactly if it looks on the road everywhere in San Francisco. It's just a common architectural detail. There's some other interesting things going on here too. The ba the actual background behind the dragon is that same kind of bubble pattern that we see in the the New York image, which is the other. Uh, archway framed out image. I'm, 
I probably maybe just an artistic connection, but uh, I just thought I'd point that out. Did you uh, notice anything peculiar about that other than it just being a background? Blowing it up and using, you know, magnifying glasses to look for secret messages hidden in the bubble. And, you know, is it a particular stone walkway? Um, are we looking for a cobblestone street? Yeah, I got deep down that rabbit hole. Well, you didn't have the Green Lantern decoder ring, so you probably didn't have it right. All right, so there's all this stuff on the dress. We got the crossed arms. We have the rose, which uh, recently didn't someone come up with a match or a close match of the rose to a particular land structure somewhere? The, the rose is an outline of Angel Island. Interestingly, Angel Island and Mark Twain have a connection. Something I just noticed, and I mean, I've stared at this thing tons of times, that if you just go just down from the rose and just past the uh, leaf, there's what would be two thorns. But if you kind of squint your eyes and look at them, you realize that's an arrow pointing down from the rose. What does that mean? I don't know. Under the rose, maybe? I don't know. Under the rose, who knows? So, and then above the rose is this uh, outline in rock of what some people have said, maybe uh, former President Kennedy. I don't know. What do you think it is? Is it just a rock? Is it an outline of a face? There, yeah, I mean, there's actually two or three things people think that is. You got your uh, Ronald Reagan people. You get your JFK people. And you got your Abraham Lincoln people. Well, he does kind of have like a, a Nixon chin. A little bit there as I'm looking at it. Or, or the Lincoln beard, you know. So, <laughs> or, or Sith Kennedy's chin, you know. So. Okay. All those names would be pertinent when looking at San Francisco, especially Golden Gate Park, if you were looking at JFK, since there is a JFK drive there. There's a JFK drive, and then there's a Lincoln drive. Yeah, there you go. So they're both pertinent. Unfortunately, there's no Ronald Reagan drive or highway, is there? I and No, and... I've been in both the JFK camp, where that's undoubtedly JFK. There's no question about it. JFK was moving right through Golden Gate Park. And then I've been in the Lincoln camp, where uh, how could I even think that was JFK? It's obviously Lincoln. What you think is depends on where you're looking. What theory you want to shoehorn in. That could be it. That could back to it. Yep. Also, we have this, what looks to be a jail cell, I'll be honest, my first take when I first saw this image, well, I knew that it was San Francisco because I was exposed to the internet. And so, I, you know, I didn't have the chance to do things right the first time. So I knew this is San Francisco. My first thought was that's that represents Alcatraz. That's a, a jail, like a prison cell. But then after some time, I thought, well, is this, okay, so is, is the first line of the verse referencing this little door up here is this stone walls door up here on the top that we're seeing and it's a reference to the image is that our match so a lot of thoughts have crossed my mind about this little jail cell door thing up here what do you think is going on with that thing it would have depended on when in the last three decades you asked me firstly to me that's a window so i would have said that's not a door so that's not stone wall door I would have looked at it, and, uh, and as somebody who's been around the Bay Area, you know, basically my whole life, 
uh, even though, yes, it's a barred window in a rock, okay, the windows in Alcatraz are square. If you've seen Alcatraz, they're square. There's no arch that looks like a castle, almost. So it just, to me, it never really said Alcatraz. I think now, I do think it has to do with the Stonewall door. I, I think that is a, a connection there. It could be. It's a very mysterious puzzle. Also on page 127 uh, of the book, uh, The Alibi Elf, there's an illustration where you see a, uh, a window, as you say, very similar to that with a prisoner sitting inside the cell and uh, some other things going on. You can check that out. It's page 127 on the book. So, you know, there's all these things. What do you know? You pointed that out to me, uh, I don't know, a couple months ago we were talking about it. And I'm, I'm in that camp, of course, where I don't care really about the rest of the book because I don't believe it has anything to do with the hunt. Uh, they might have some nods and winks, but I bet you it has more red herring than anything else. It doesn't tell you anything. It's it's like, okay, here's something that's similar to this, and I thought that for a minute it might be Alcatraz, and here's a guy in a prison suit. I mean, what are you, are you saying I'm close? Is that, you know, what is the message here? When you show to me, I never noticed the pillar that is hidden in the image. Oh, right. There, yeah, so there's some d interesting things hidden in all of those images, even though the 982 train that Mark spotted in one of the illustrations yep. has some interesting things hidden inside of it. So it's a lot of different things you can interpret these images as, and do we need the verse to help guide us through that, or is it the verse irrelevant at this point? When do you need the verse? Why don't we get into talking about the verse a little bit here? We've noticed that with a few of these, that there can be, as we just mentioned, some self-referential things going on. Sometimes the verse will mention something that uh, could be applied to the image, like uh, at the base of a tall tree could refer to the, the tree in the St. Augustine image, or it might refer to something on the ground. And there's no real way that we know of yet that you can disseminate between the two or figure out which uh, which one it is supposed to be, or, or if it's a riddle or, or anything at all. So why don't we go through the verse lines for verse 7 and try and figure out if they're uh, self-referential or if there's some kind of a riddle or a direction. Let's first jump back and just take a quick look at Chicago and Cleveland. Okay. Two things we kind of noticed about the verses there they don't necessarily run in order. Right. In Cleveland, the big, big thing, basically, the thing to start with, it is, that's the last line of the first. I have an interesting theory that there's a mirror image thing going on in Cleveland, but we'll, we'll, that'll, we'll save that for a further episode. But, yeah, there's definitely something going on where the verse doesn't seem to exactly take you to where you exactly need to be, except in Chicago it seems to do that. It actually kicks in... Early, if you go um, where M and B are set in stone, and you're traveling from the water tower to the Bowman, the verse actually starts about what a hundred yards before you get to the Bowman. Right, there's a little bit of area there where you actually walk past the treasure. Yep, and then you go down to where uh, the Congress Parkway is, where you can cross over to where the two Bowmans are on either side of the walkway there. And then you walk down. That's how you cross over the railroad tracks. And then you walk down behind Lincoln. 
past the court there. So the, yeah, there is this kind of a little circle around or, or you know, I'd boxing it. I don't know, which is interesting because you can just go down Jackson and be right where you need to be without going through any of that stuff. That's true. If you, if you knew to go there. If you knew where to go, you're right. From that, I took, I can't take this verse linearly. I still wanted to, and I did several digs where I, I read it like a map and I walked it one step after the other and it absolutely fit and I had a place to dig and I was so happy and there was nothing there. Oh yeah, that's where the puzzle can be really ambiguous when you're searching a park the size of Golden Gate Park. There's a lot of stuff to see and it covers a vast area. So the possibilities are endless. Just like you, I stood on Jackson Square and recited verse 7 right in front of Jackson Square and I could point out everything in the verse right there. So when you have these endless possibilities of things to build from and no way to solidly interpret the verse, whether it's you know, boxing you in somewhere or whether it's, you know, giving you a bunch of stuff that you can see from one spot or if it's taking you step by step with image confirmations. I mean, the possibilities are endless. So you you end up, I guess, digging a bunch of holes in the park, right? That's exactly what ends up <laughs> happening. Now I feel a little more, you know, I'm not going to trust that it's in the right order. But in the past, I was sure it was. Just for fun, um, let me walk you through a dig that I thought worked perfect. Okay, so go over the verse clues that work with it, too, so we know how you were interpreting those for the folks at home following along trying to learn how to do these. Okay, well, first, there's Golden Gate Park in the image, right? Everybody, uh, it's Golden Gate Park. There's John F. Kennedy in the image. So I'm starting on JFK at the panhandle edge of the park. And there's a place called McLaren Lodge, which is this beautiful stone building, which is the park headquarters. If you started with that Stonewall door, you're at the corner of, you know, Felt Street, Easier Drive, and JFK, and there's McLaren Lodge. Okay. Now, is there, a, is there a big stone wall there? The whole building is made out of, you know, river stone, so it is a gorgeous building. Okay. All right, I got my map out. I'm following along here. McLaren Lodge. Okay, so now I'm going to keep walking to the west. The very first thing I pass, or the very next thing I pass, is the Conservatory of Flowers. Okay, I see it. Beautiful, fantastic flower conservatory. If you ever go to San Francisco, definitely go check that out. It's awesome. So that's your answer for the air smells sweet. The air smells, that was an answer for the air smells sweet. Okay. I'm walking down JFK, I'm enjoying the view, I look around, and from anywhere along JFK, not far away, high poster three. You look up to the hill, to your left, to your south, there's Sutro Tower, which is pretty much visible from any place in San Francisco. Three huge spires off of a giant... TV radio tower. Okay, so you can see the three posts. Next, we come along, and this, okay, was one of my, uh, I had so many options here, I'm not sure which one he was talking about, but education and justice for all to see. So if you're walking along JFK, just below Sutro Tower on the hill, you can see the University of San Francisco. 
So I was thinking, okay, that's education. Great. And then all around you are statues of people famous for jurisprudence, things that would be definitely justice. And I was like, okay, or possibly the California Academy of Sciences with education. And again, there are all kinds of statues in there that arguably can demonstrate justice. Okay, so another vague clue that we... The only thing about that, and I made a note here, the only thing about that line that I noticed was the word justice has been capitalized. Right. So education is capitalized, and that, you know, it could be for a proper name, or it could be just because it's the beginning of the line, but then justice is capitalized too. So is this an institution we should be looking for? Is this a proper name? of something, you know, otherwise the J wouldn't wouldn't be punctuated in that way, would it? I, I don't know that it's a proper name, but I think it is a thing, all right? I think he was calling out a particular thing that said to him justice. All right, so we're in this area by the Academy of Sciences and the, the Shakespeare Garden kind of place where the bandshell thing is, right? That store left. We're still on JFK. Nothing bold us to leave JFK. Okay. All right, so we're still walking down JFK, and we're uh, all these things in the verse, we're walking right by them. That's correct. All right, so where is it taking us? Go down JFK a little more. There is the Stowe Lake on your left, which can arguably be described as part of the dragon. And one of the loops of the dragon can symbolize Stowe Lake. But I keep walking. Okay. Still on JFK, you're getting to, to Park Presidio Boulevard now, and or what was called Crossover Drive in the park. It is called Crossover Drive as it goes across the park. And if you look at her arms, they're crossed over the park. It was, to me, obvious that Crossover Drive, her arms are symbolizing crossover. And how ironic that Prayer Brook Cross is right there, too. you got to read the verse. We've just gone from... Education and justice for all the thieves. So we saw it. We didn't do anything with it. We saw it. And they would get sounds from the sky near aces high. Okay. So what is that all about? Besides Crossover Drive, Crossover Drive and Park Presidio Boulevard is Highway 1, which I called out before as being, you know, to anybody in California, aces high, Highway 1 is basically obvious. JFK goes under Highway 1. So if you're walking along, it says, sounds from the sky, near aces high. And that region is constantly busy and cars going over the bridge. They're constantly over, over the weather joints. They're constantly clattering and making this banging noise. Okay, so you thought he's, he's pointing out this intersection here. Well, even more than that, he says, aces high, running north, and it does run north across Crossover drive across the park, but first across. And I looked at that and I went, well, it could mean, all right, it's running north, but first he goes across the park. And then I realized, well, no, wait, Purple Cross is right there before you get to Highway 1. A very clever BP style use of words there. I was like, I'm obviously on this. I know exactly what he was thinking. Highway 1. But first, across. Oh, that's so good. So I go under Highway 1. Then I'm looking for an object of Twain's attention, a giant pole. And I figured the giant step was simply a distance from the giant pole. Now, 
when I first started looking, absolutely made it under Highway 1. I'm still on JFK Boulevard, and there's got to be a giant pole here somewhere. And w did you find one? It took years. <laughs> From that point on, I checked every flagpole. I checked every lamp pole. I looked for uh, statues of Polish people. <laughs> I probably looked so much into the history around Golden Gate Park. I couldn't, you know. And then I figured, well, all right, there's a, there's a total pole at uh, Cliff House. I was going to talk to you about that. So why don't we go over... I wanted to go over this line. So we have giant pole, giant step. Now, we'll get to this Cliff House story in a second. But what I want to know is, why is there a picture of New York Giants fielder Monty Irvin on page 90 dressed in his retired number 20 San Francisco Giants jersey, but standing in front of a poster of him playing for New York? And, all, and then he's also holding the team spirit. So obviously it must have been a friend or an acquaintance of our uh, deceased author that got him to pose for that. But is, you know, what's going on there with the, the giant connection and the New York connection and then the two verses associated also talk about giant things? You know, what's your take on that? I just wanted to bring that up. I found that an odd coincidence. What that tells me, in, and I, I would actually love to ask his family with much what. Byron, a baseball fan. I'm a baseball fan, and a couple things have made me think that he was a very big baseball fan. These are these all baseball cities. I don't know if St. Augustine did they have a, a very popular like AAA league or something. I don't think that there's a connection to that. Oh well, um, I try. But I think, I think pictures in the book because he was a baseball fan. I don't think there's any other connection to San Francisco Giants in this puzzle. Or on New York Giants. All right. I just think that's an odd picture to have in there. Yeah, again. Yeah. You got the guy. He's in his retired San Francisco uniform. Yeah, I'm in the camp. The rest of the book does not matter. It's neat. I like it. It has nothing. All right. The trigger. All right. I, I just, I would be remiss had I not brought it up during this episode. So I wanted to bring that. Okay, so the other thing is the, the Twain's attention, but we'll get to that. Why don't we talk about the Cliff House and what, what's going on down there with that totem pole that you've argued with in the past? Uh, in 1981, the totem pole was in a different spot than where it was. Um, and nimble around it was there a place to dig. I mean, there was dirt, but if you've seen the kind of dirt on the coast there at Cliff House, you're not digging a hole in that. Didn't you locate the original place where that thing was, and didn't you dig that spot? I probed that spot. Okay. I actually went there when they were, just before they started doing major renovations to the area. I asked the guy, you know, they, they, you know, there were backhoes on the street ready to start. And I was like, do you mind if I start poking here? And they're like, no, go for it. They, I mean, I told I what I was looking for, and you couldn't. With a pickaxe, you couldn't dig into that ground more than six inches. There was like ice plant barely hanging on all around there, but that's it. You know, it it barely goes into the ground. And anyway, I told them, "Hey, here's what I'm looking for." Showed them the book. Um, they said, "Hey, we'll keep our eye out for it." And I didn't hear from them. 
And I also did that at uh, in San Francisco next to the um, the Young Museum and the California Academy of Sciences. I, I went in there. I talked with the people who were doing the building, and I said. Hey, if you happen to see something like this, please give me a call. Let's talk about some of those areas in that general vicinity that we're, we're in, because a lot of people seem to focus on these same areas. I hear a lot of people talk about the Japanese gardens. There is a specific area uh, near the Shakespeare Gardens, Prayerbrook Cross as well. And there was, wasn't there an article that came out today about some people digging up in San Francisco. Do you know where that was and what was going on there? I'm not exactly sure where his thing was. I think it was around the Shakespeare Garden. Right. It's a really nice guy. I've, I've chatted with him via text. They had a great time. He mostly posts over on the wiki. All right. Have you checked over a lot of these spots that people keep going back to? There's the one railing uh, where that big tree is that people seem to be focused on. There's uh, the, the strawberry fields, I think someone had mentioned at one point in time. Strawberry Hill. Strawberry Hill, yeah. Strawberry fields. That's what I want. There you go. I have looked around the lake. I've dug behind the tea garden. I never, ever, ever, ever thought it would be in the tea garden. Well, first of all, it has a wall all the way around it, and it's not stone. It's wood. That sort of count that one out but you know there's an oriental theme to the picture there's a stairway that goes out the back of the tea garden and up towards the lake looked along there on the island done some probing not so much digging on the middle of the island yeah you can get over there done a little digging but just just enough to uh you know tell myself that it is not the spot because the piece that's always missing when I was doing these things was there was never any image confirmers. When I finally found my totem pole in Golden Gate Park, I was like, this is absolutely correct, except there's no image confirmer. I should see something in the image from where I'm digging. And I looked and I looked and I, well, I convinced myself that well, if the park has changed, if I'd been here in 1982, I wouldn't be seeing something. Because at that point, the entire totem pole was gone. After a couple years of looking, I found out that there had been a huge totem pole in Lindley Meadow, right off JFK, just past Crossover Drive. Uh, the base of the totem pole is still there. It's a big cement square, about uh, three feet high. And I looked at that and went, okay, if you were standing on that thing, that's a giant step to the ground. Or if you're standing next to it, you can take a giant step away from it. And at that point, the one piece I was missing was what's the object in Twain's attention so I know which way to go from the pole to start digging. And also, what is it? Is it something we're supposed to see? Is it something in the image? Um, you know, what is this table leg thing? Is this what we're supposed to be looking for? Is there something else we should be looking for? A lot of questions. Great question. Nobody knows the answer. Exactly. Otherwise, we would have found the thing by now. Speaking of your follies of digging holes in the past, one of the Internet questions was, 
uh, of all the holes that you've dug, which one did you have the hardest time with? Ah, that's an easy question, actually. The hardest hole to dig was the first one. It was the one where you're you're talking yourself out of it the whole time. Oh, I got to go call somebody and say, can I please dig there? And you know you're going to sound, I'm a, I'm a treasure hunter. Okay, pal. Yeah, sure you are. And actually, though, I, and that's what I was expecting. That is not what I found. You say the words, I'm hunting for treasure. And they're like, oh, that's so cool. Where? How? Can I help? What can I do? And people in the park system in San Francisco have always been going back since early 2000s when I actually first really started digging in San Francisco. Always been go out of their way to to help you dig, give you permission to dig, and then you know the groundskeeper rolls up in his groundskeeper car, and I'm like, uh oh, this light, you know, is this gonna be trouble? Is does he not know I'm allowed to be here? And he jumps out of the car with a shovel and says, here, let me help you dig for a little bit. Yeah, I mean, certain cities seem to be more amenable to it than others. In New Orleans, I know in City Park they'll help you dig, they'll hand you shovels if you need them. Uh, and then there's, you know, certain other cities that are very strict when it comes to even being in the park with a metal detector. That's exactly true. I am just so proud of San Francisco. They go out of their way to help you. You know, you got to work with them. They want somebody now to be there with you. They, when I first started, they were like, oh, yeah, go ahead. Be sure you fill in your holes and tell us about it later. Yeah, they're worried about all the digging that's happening. They are worried about things damaging the, you know, we don't want to do a wheelhouse and crack an irrigation pipe. Yeah, but you're gonna, the city council's going to have quarterly uh, treasure hunt report and, uh, you know, digging schedules. There'll be a minister of digging. <laughs> I, I, yeah, very quickly, it will become a profit center for the Avalonco when they realize they're going to go, hey, let's just charge people to dig. Right, yeah, so, permit charge. There, there you go. Yep, but yeah, actually, the last dig I did, the groundskeeper was there beside me, and I, you know, it's okay to dig right here. He says, absolutely, there's no pipes to worry about, anything like that. We're good. So I started digging down, and the thing I was uh, figured would hopefully the cat was located at ten inches. It was a rock, right underneath it was a hundred year old cast iron irrigation pipe full of water. Yeah, no pipes. No, you're all good. He's like, oh, let's stop digging here. I mean, yeah. <laughs> the, the, the rust is flaking off it as we look at it. I'm like, yeah, I don't want that to explode. No, you're all good. You're all, there's no pipes or nothing. Just go have at it, Chuck. <laughs> well, all right. At least, hey, at least they're working with the public on this. Other cities are suffering holes dug by renegade people at night, and you know, hopefully people will come around to a more sensible way of dealing with these things. Yeah. In San Francisco, work with San Francisco. They'll work with you. Uh, they're great people, and I'm just amazed you know, how nice they are about this. So is there anything you want to add about this image? One, there was a question from, uh, I think, Brandon Young or someone that was asking about the moons or the balls in the sky here, if you had any kind of take on that. Uh, over time, many. At the time of the dig I'm talking about, uh, and now, JFK Boulevard gets shut down 
basically on the weekend and it turns into a giant San Francisco block party, always have been bubble machines. Uh, along JFK. Oh, that's an interesting take on that. I didn't know that. If you're walking down JFK, there's bubbles floating everywhere. At the time, I was like, okay, that's what I'm seeing here. Those things are bubbles. There is a map, and it is available, and it is easy to find of Golden Gate Park. I've seen it in you know the last six months. And down at the west end of the park, the... Golden Gate Park Golf Course. On the map, the golf course down there looks just like the head of the dragon. It's just like an outline. I was looking at that going, I wonder if this is the map where it inspired him to draw a dragon on the dress. The nose of the dragon is interesting because it kind of pops into the border there a little bit, and there's the, the line is drawn around it, like it's specifically drawn around the nose of the dragon for some reason. I don't know if that's pointing it out or if that's pointing out a certain curve in the road. Uh, there's just so much that still needs to be interpreted with this one, and there appears to be a team of people online that are going at it every day, and Matt is around if you want to ask him any questions going forward about this image or any of the verse lines. I think we went over these verse lines pretty good at, during your your earlier solve that we talked about. But the, I mean, it's hard to say what is a riddle and what is something that you should see on the ground in person and what is something that's referring to the image because you could have all three going on. And how do you, you know, how do you tell? There's just no, there's no method to the madness, it seems. That's what we could use more than anything is some more uh, thoughts on methodology. I know that when you find the spot to dig, there are going to be images in the picture of things you can see standing on top of where the cask is. That's the way it worked in Chicago. That's the way it worked in Cleveland. Plus, there'll be images in the picture of things around, not necessarily that you can see from the cask location, but, you know, if you walk 100 feet, we'd be able to see something, or walk 100 yards, you'll find something, the Elf Fountain in Chicago, or the Fairy Fountain in Chicago. That's not something you can see from where the cask is, but it's within a quick walk away. And you never walked past that as you came in the park and followed the direction. It's just over there on the side. Well, we, we would hope they would all work like that, but the thing that troubles me is that the author stated that uh, Brian and Andy found all the clues in the Cleveland one, and th there were some big ones that they kind of left out that they didn't say anything. There were some small ones they didn't get, which didn't really matter, like the kind of tiling that is on the ground as you walk in is on, in the image and some other things. But there were some big ones left out, like the statue and a couple other things, like the fact that the uh, the cask wasn't found exactly where it should have been by the, the counting of the stones. So it just troubles me a little that we don't, we're not going off solid information always. Um, maybe there's something that was left out and we weren't told about on purpose. You know, we, we think we're missing something. That's always my fear in, in solving these because you'd think if they were that straightforward, we probably would have found them by now. Well, the other thing you remember is we know, we told us, that the casks have various levels of difficulty. 
A pearl shouldn't be that hard. That's correct. Okay. <laughs> and it, it should actually be one of the easier casks to find. Looking across all of them, you can see almost all of them have latitude longitude, right? Eleven of them do. Eleven of them do. You look at the various things you can see. Um, one puzzle, maybe two, have a reba. For many hours, I've looked at this picture in, you know, the San Francisco picture. I find no rebus in there. No picture games or nothing you can make. Dragon, rose, rose stem, rosebud. Nope. You know, nothing, nothing like that, right? Right, right. You're going to, it, it seems to me, we'll find that a bunch of them will have similar methodologies, and then there'll be one or two that's different, or it's a varying scale, and, you know, certain one, the, I, I'm just going to make this up like the reverse tells you exactly where to go, and maybe at the other end of the scale, the picture tells you exactly where to go. I've felt that way, too, about some of the only thing that I've been able to put together is not any kind of method for what he's giving you, but I, I can sense that he seems to be giving us the same types of clues in each image. He's In a lot of them, there's street names involved. In a lot of them, there's park maps, there's starting points, there's paths that we take. These clues although they seem to be similar in all of the images, are given to us in different ways. Like sometimes the starting point is given to us in the, in the image, and sometimes the starting point is given to us in the verse. But he's always giving us a, somewhere to start from. He's always giving us some way to know that we're in the right park, but it's just different in each one, which is, which is why the thing gets completely maddening after a while, because you're trying to look for... <laughs> similarities and things and you know there's a few of them and then it just goes off the rails to this complete randomness that's right all right so one of the things in san francisco when you look in chicago and cleveland you say okay chicago started at the water tower cleveland started at the transit building so what in san francisco image says where to start you would think that that would be the case, but then you look at a puzzle like Houston or St. Augustine where you appear to start in the park that it's in. That's true. That's absolutely true. The other thing is the image is reversed. So does that mean, all right, let's, let's apply it like Chicago and Cleveland and say, okay, the thing in the middle there is, you know, is obviously um, Golden Gate Park. So we start at Golden Gate Park, or the image is reversed. Do we end at Golden Gate Park? This is the thing with these. They all have very similar methods to get you going on the puzzle itself, but then each one of these seems to have its own thing going on. Like the G and the H, the letters may not even mean anything. It may be 7 and 8. It may be just a transcribe to a, a code for a 1 through 26 alphabet. You don't know what these things mean because nothing's been proven yet. We only have two of the easier ones that have been dug up in the past. We don't have an exact location on one of them, and the other one ended up in a spot where it wasn't supposed to be. So, again, we're, we're working off shaky ground here to begin with, in my opinion. You're absolutely right. I'm an IT guy. I uh, work in the IT field. One of the things I deal with 
daily is encryption and cryptography. There is something in computers. Actually, it's a physics idea. It's called the Birkenstein bound. What that is, is it's simply something somebody thought up, and in Birkenstein, I'm guessing, that there's an upper limit of information you can store in a finite region of space. Sooner or later, they won't be able to put more more data on a hard disk. There was a puzzle, uh, not a puzzle, there was a treasure hunt. It is a treasure hunt out there called the Beale Ciphers. Way back before the secret came out, I was a big fan of the Beale Ciphers, and I lived in Virginia, and I was happy to work on that. Until I realized, and this is the Birkenstein-bound concept, in the cipher that's supposed to tell you where to dig the stuff up. Right, the third one or whatever. It's either the second or third one. There's not enough data to tell you where to dig it up. There's not enough letters in the cipher to contain enough information alone to guide you to the treasure. And when I actually was doing getting my degrees, I was applying the information to the Beale cipher. I was like, oh my gosh, that's very disappointing. (laughs) All right, done. (laughs) Yeah, that's basically what happened. I was like, oh, so this is fake. Oh, well, on I went, and then I found the secret. There's so many, There's I won't say so many, there's a bunch of people out there talking about how this level of data leads you to that level of data, which comes down and means this, which draws your conclusion to that. Yeah, I've noticed there's a lot of talk about that, and I don't think, I think that's reading a little bit too deep. For people who weren't around in 1981, I guess it's hard for them to be in that mindset of a TV with four or five networks and uh, nobody on smart devices every minute and second of the day. Any information that you learned, you had to be a a scholar or go to the library or or just, uh, you know, go to your school resources and find out the stuff that way to, to your biology department or to your geography department or whatever. It was just a different time period. And that's not how these things worked. At the most, they're hiding some images in there and maybe some puzzles, some word picture associations or some number codes, some small codes. We know there's a couple acrostic puzzles in there, but it's nothing that that's going to be so intense where you have to hold the book up to the light and see what's on the other side of the page and match that up to a road in Santa Fe, New Mexico. You know, it's just not the technology for printing that kind of information into these images just wasn't there. I mean, we applaud you all for trying. It's it's creative and it's interesting. And if you're having fun, that's great. But if you're really serious about trying to solve these, look at the methods that were being used in Mad Magazine and Highlights. And so, and if you were a fan of National Lampoon, some of the stuff that was going on in there with characters. And, you know, I, I firmly believe there is some kind of other coded puzzle going on in here. George doesn't believe that that's the case. Uh, he thinks they're a lot more simple. And there's varying degrees of opinion uh, about this. It, the one thing we know for a fact is we know nothing. <laughs> yeah. And there have been times where I said, oh, I've got this. I know exactly what he's thinking. I know exactly where the treasure is. And I'm going to go dig it up. And then it's not there. You're absolutely right. I'm I'm one of the people who 
absolutely have no idea where this treasure is. Good luck to everybody out there who's been looking for it and continues to look for it. Uh, if you want to participate with the groups online, Matt is a part of that, and he can answer any questions that you might have. I want to thank you for uh, joining us tonight and sharing some of your experiences on San Francisco. And uh, remember, people, if you want to dig, go get permission. Do, who do they talk to, Matt? The, just the Parks Department? I heard there's a special website now that you can... There is a website. San Francisco Parks Department has a website up. Actually, you know, no, uh, I, I, would just, I will point people to the wiki. Um, and on the San Francisco page, scroll down to the bottom, all the information you need, uh, who to talk to, where the website is, it's right there. There's, there's no excuse to not, you know, call them up and make an appointment. If you have an idea, make an appointment to get a, a time and a permit to do it. Uh, and if you have some ideas that you just want to bounce off Matt, hit him up on Facebook and have a conversation with him there. Thanks for joining us tonight, Matt. Appreciate when you can uh, spend some time with us here on the podcast. Anytime. It's always fun. Thanks again for tuning in to another edition of The Secret Podcast. Don't forget to like us on Facebook, and you can interact with myself, George, or any of the team members there. I want to thank Matt Sparks for joining me this month. My name is John Michaels. We'll see you next month. You take care now. Tune in next time for another edition of The Secret Podcast with your hosts, J.M. and Bernstein. Available on iTunes.